Hey there, my fellow intellectuals. Welcome back to Highly Variable. I'm your host, Kyle Cabasaris, and it has been such a long time since I've seen you guys. There's been so many things that have changed in my life, and I think I should just share that with you guys because I just haven't talked to you guys since, since what, July, August, maybe? I know it's been a while. Uh, I have sort of, I had sort of a list of things that I wanted to talk about, but then I just threw caution to the wind was like, I'm not going to use my list. I'm just going to go off the cuff here because I think that's just how I do it sometimes. And in terms of changes, you might, if you're watching on YouTube, you might notice two big changes. One, I'm using a better camera than you may have seen on YouTube before. So I bought a nice camera this summer, a nice Canon camera. It looks really nice. I really have enjoyed the purchase. And uh, another thing you might notice is that I'm using a different microphone from before. So maybe if you're listening to podcast on Spotify or iTunes or, or uh, you know Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, uh, you might hear a difference because I'm using a new microphone. This was a Cyber Monday purchase and I don't regret a single set of it. I've like scent of it, sorry. I have wanted this microphone for so long. I have eyed this microphone for so long. And on this Cyber Monday, it just happened to be 40% off on Amazon. So I was like, it's time. If there's ever a time to buy this microphone, it is now. And I bought it, and I love it. I haven't actually got a chance to use it, though. I just like just hearing myself talk in it, and then I was like, well, just film a podcast episode, you dummy. Like, if you're, like, hearing how good the, the sound quality of your voice sounds, then maybe other people would, too. I hope so, at least. So that was that. those are two big changes, just, you know, audio and visually. You know, I have this sort of, like, vision, or not vision, just this idea that if I wasn't doing, you know, physics... Uh, or, you know, for graduate school, or just physics at all. I have this thought that I, I may have been part of an AV crew in another life, because I like buying a lot of, like, AV kind of gear. Obviously, I have the camera. Uh, I like this microphone. Uh, I used to be really into just recording video games when I was younger, and that was before there was any sort of technology for it that was specifically, specifically designed for it. So, Nowadays, you have like Elgato, you have OBS software for your computer. Back then, there really wasn't a ton of just options that were specifically designed to record video game play. There were sort of workarounds where things might have been uh, like recording uh, like DVDs or recording VHSs into DVDs. Uh, there were devices to do that, but if you were clever, you could find a way to just connect this device and you know record your video games. The video game aficionados out there who record stuff might know that as the Dazzle DVD recorder. That was one option. There was also known as an easy cap. And I could go on about all that stuff. Nowadays, people have it easy. They, they just go online, they say video game recorder, and then they have prepackaged hardware and software that just syncs up with all their nice equipment. Back then, there really wasn't any of that. So uh, I sound like a hippie when I say that, or a hippie, a hipster, not a hippie. What am I talking about? A hipster, you know, somebody who's like, oh, I was doing it before it was cool. I, I knew how to do it before, you know, it became mainstream. So sorry if I sounded very hipster there, but that is my honest opinion. Kids have it easy these days. They want to get big on YouTube playing video games. They just go online, you know, maybe ask for Christmas and a birthday for some nice stuff. And uh, there you go. Now they're off. Then again, I should say you also need a video game console and video games and wires and microphones and headsets and a computer to record with a TV relatively nearby. So maybe it's not as easy. Okay, maybe it's not as easy. I, I'm forgetting all of the parameters that made it possible for me to even attempt that back in the day. So 
Wow. Okay. So that was that was a good long three minutes of just talking about video games. What else has changed, Kyle? Please tell us more. Um, I moved. This is a different apartment now. If you've you know paid attention to the videos that I film in, so this is a totally different apartment. I moved uh, about three months ago, and it's been a while. But it was just a financial decision. Just you know, save some money over the long haul. So I'm in a slightly less expensive apartment now. Uh, it's got a really nice view which is nice. I didn't really have a good view at my old place, so that's pretty nice. I will say, though, that it is right next to the uh, apartment complex uh, community center, so there's a lot of traffic that goes in and outside of my window, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I deal with it. And, um, yeah, moving was cool. I have cool roommates, and um, that's actually one of the reasons why I haven't been able to film as much as I'd want to, because the roommate who's room is adjacent to mine he goes to sleep relatively early and i typically like to film these late at night just when i really have nothing else to do uh but the walls aren't that thick so i i, I worry that if i talk at this volume at night then you know it would disturb his sleeping so I, I choose not to do that so it's been a bit harder to find times to record i might i might even just like go to school and go to my office on the weekend and just film there because at least i won't get bothered there so, things to consider in the future. Other things that have happened in my life, I have just finished taking a class in stellar astrophysics. I think I was talking about it all of the summer, or most of the summer at least from what I remember. I also shot a vlog talking about it. And uh, that class was uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm having a hard time remembering what I wanted to say, but it was a cool class, you know, I learned about the basics of, you know, stellar evolution, stellar structure, main sequence, AGB, RGB, uh, you know, white dwarfs, all that good stuff, so, yeah, stars, it was cool, I, I felt like I couldn't call myself an astrophysicist or an astronomer if I, I hadn't taken a class on stars, it just felt like you kind of need to know something about stars if you, if you want to claim to be a practicing, you know, astronomer slash astrophysicist, so... Yeah, I did it. But that's the last class I'm going to take, I think, for a grade in grad school. So I'm done. That's right. I'm done. It's all research from, from here on out. And that's a good segue into the research part of my life because a lot of research has happened in the past couple of months since I last talked to you guys. Oh, boy. You, you, you can bet there's been a lot of research. Um, I have been working on these two galaxies that I... I think I mentioned to you guys where I've been trying to measure the masses of their black holes. And I was working on one of them primarily for the past couple of months. And I ended up presenting a poster at two different events for uh, just, you know, research purposes. Well, not research purposes. It was more like the first event was a uh, National Academy Space Studies Board meeting. So there was a bunch of people who, uh, who are part of this board for the National Academy of Sciences. And they specialize in space studies. They have all different backgrounds of, uh, of field of study, so they're not all necessarily astronomers, and uh, it was fun explaining my research to them. They were, they were very nice. I was kind of nervous because I thought, oh man, I think I'm going to get grilled here, and uh, everyone was very nice because when you're getting sort of your poster judged by somebody who isn't necessarily an expert in the field, there's a lot of questions that they're going to ask that are sort of... Um, fundamental or I don't want to say basic but 
something that's not as specific and advanced as someone who is a really deep expert in your field of study can ask you. So you're you're sort of asking you're, you're sort of answering questions sort of like, oh, how far is this galaxy from us? Oh, you know, uh, what telescope was used here? How big was its diameter? Those sort of things, which uh, are you know good questions, but are not as specific and detailed as someone in the field who might really nitpick on the methods you used or the statistics you applied. So I, it, it was a very interesting experience, and I, I really liked it. It was a really fun time presenting my poster. I hadn't presented a poster in a while uh, since undergrad, actually. So getting the opportunity to do that again was very fun. And then there was a, a UCI donor event that I presented my poster to. So a bunch of wealthy individuals who have donated to UCI in the past uh, came for this dinner, and they asked graduate students who... Uh, were a part of the school of physical sciences to you know, present the poster and mingle with the uh, the donors. So got to do that. Got to talk to a lot of people. Also got to talk to the people who donated the money for the observing room that we use at UCI, uh, and that was really cool. Uh, we're very appreciative of their generous donation, especially because that's how a lot of uh, observers. Uh, you know, that's their bread and butter using the observing room at UCI to uh, control telescopes from afar. So that's uh, pretty important, to say the least. So I've kind of gone through a lot of stuff pretty quickly in the first uh, 10 minutes of this, and I'm trying to slow down. I think I think one of the things I need to do and get better at is slowing down, because sometimes my brain just goes at, you know, relativistically, you know, half the speed of light or something like that. Um, and I just feel like taking a step back and slowing down sometimes is a good approach to, to doing research because sometimes you just get really bogged down in details. I've noticed that with about myself doing research. Everyone has their own sort of researching style. I'm somebody who likes to just like throw myself at a problem and just go like, just hammer away at it just consistently for hours on end. And I never really was somebody who liked to take breaks because I'm somebody who likes to stay in the flow of things. Like when you're in the zone, it sounds very cliche, but it really is how I see it. It's because I, I just, I'm so focused and I'm so just, just in the zone, you know, and I don't want to break that. I don't want to break that concentration. Uh, even, you know, if it is healthy for you to, to get up and walk around and take your mind off of it for a bit. So, I never really was a huge fan of doing that. I've been trying to get better at that, especially because you know sitting at a desk all day like this isn't uh, necessarily the healthiest thing for you. So thankfully, I've got a standing desk at work, so I try and stand up and move around uh, pretty often. So yeah, I mean, you know, research—that's what life's been about, and that's what life is going to continue being about for the next couple of months because. I'm going to go to a conference in January, so as of today, I've got about a month, a little bit less than a month now until the conference starts, and I have to present my preliminary results on a poster of the two galaxies I've been working on. So one of them I've sort of worked on at nauseum, the other one I'm working on now, and we'll be working through the next week. But I find it nice because um, the other galaxy... Uh, the techniques that I use on that other galaxy, sorry, 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 let me, let me backtrack. The first, the second galaxy that I'm working on, a lot of the machinery and a lot of the tools that 
I'm using on it ha were developed for the first one. So the first one was like the very first target where I had to learn how to do a lot of different things for it, how to, how to, for example, how to measure a surface brightness profile and then uh, derive a star mass, an extended stellar mass distribution to be precise uh, for the galaxy and just a bunch of other code I had to write to extract information. But that code uh, I wrote generally enough to be able to use it on the uh, second galaxy that I'm working on. So I think a lot of things in research is like when you're getting started, it's really hard. But once you sort of figure out a way to generalize your approach to different targets, if you're if you're doing a kind of research where you're working on multiple different data sets that are very similar, and then you need to develop tools to analyze that data in very specific ways, then as long as you can write your code or your program or whatever you need to do generally enough that you can do it on just any sort of galaxy, or sorry, not just, sorry, I made it sound like you're all astronomers, but you know, for whatever you know, data set you need to use, not just galaxies, but for me it's galaxies. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because um, I, I had this moment yesterday where I was trying to analyze something about the second galaxy and i have this code this piece of code i'd written oh man that's another story i want to tell you guys so okay i i want to um i want to try and backtrack really quickly because this this is a good story that happened this these past couple of uh these past couple of months so one day i decided that i wanted to write a piece of code that would essentially in simplest terms, it would fit, I want to make this simpler, but essentially it would generate visualization plots. Let's just say visualization plots that help you understand how fast the galaxy or the gas disk of this galaxy is moving and how much light there is and a bunch of other parameters. So it's a visualization plot. Let's just keep it at that. It helps you sort of see, if you just look at an image of the, of the gas disk of the galaxy, you can see, okay, that point is moving this fast. You know, that point is moving that fast. Oh, there's this much... Uh, light at this point so these kind of plots and I had done this before another way uh, a couple of months ago several months ago like almost a year ago now that I had, that I had uh, written a piece of code that would do this in a sort of not as robust way as maybe one would want for like a final publication paper but it was sort of a good enough at the time kind of way but I always said okay I'll, I'll do it this sort of not so great way at the at the start, but then I will go back and then I will do it right uh, eventually at some point. That point came a few months ago when I had done I had tried to do this a couple of times actually a few a few times, and I had failed to do it a few uh, a couple of times because I just it was a it was a really complicated process that involved very specific. Uh, techniques that I wasn't familiar with completely and even though I, I sort of understood the gist of it there's sort of these problems in coding when you're when you sort of you know what you want to do you know what the what what you want the algorithm to do that you want to code up but you don't exactly know how to do it it's sort of like you have this idea of what what it would do in your mind but you don't really know how to like put it to you know put it to paper and, and code eventually so I had done that, and I had a bunch of old code lying around just that didn't really work. 
and then one day I just said, you know what, I got to get this done. Like if I want to make these plots in the paper, I got to have a good program that could do this. And so I said, all right, I'm going to try again. I've learned a lot through the failures of four and I'm going to, I'm going to try. I am going to do it again. I am going to try and do it again. So coming back to the problem of having to make this you know, visualization software program, I kind of took the approach of, okay, what worked from the attempts that I had tried before? And the stuff that worked, I kept in the newest version. And then sort of I had these ideas where there was something I wanted to implement in the visualization program that I couldn't do before. I just, I, I had one of those, I know what I want to do, but I don't know how to do it moments before in the past. But then in the course of my research, I actually figured out how to do it for a different purpose. I had pretty much learned how to write a certain algorithm for a completely different purpose, but but could be implemented in this visualization program, what I needed. And so I sort of like knew some things that I didn't know before that I could now do. And so now I, I, I put those in. And just one day, I spent like one day, it was kind of a lot of copying and pasting, to be honest. It wasn't completely me just, you know, typing like, like that for the entire um, for the entire day, but it was a lot of copy and pasting, some coding. Of course, there was some writing down original lines of code, but there was some copy and pasting from my old, you know, uh, discarded code that I, I had deemed uh, it's not going to work. And to be honest, it was very fun. I guess people might find that weird, but it was actually really fun to be in that sort of flow where you're just doing research and you know. You're going towards this goal, and you know you're chipping away at this overall goal. And I was able to do it. I able I was able to make this visualization program in a day. It was like 600 to 700 lines of code. Some of it, you know, I'd say probably a good two thirds of it was two thirds of it was just the disc part of the discarded pile of code I had thrown away before. But I actually did it, and I was shocked. I was amazed and. You know, I I did it for the first galaxy, and yesterday I had to do it for the second galaxy. And the thing about code is that sometimes you write, you know, there's going to be a, a data set that's going to be your initial, uh, your you know, your prototype. It's going to be the, the thing that your code was originally built for. And even if there's other data sets that are, you know, similar or the same format, it should have the same exact sort of process. There's also this little doubt in my mind where I feel like, oh no, did I hard code something in the code? By hard coding, I mean, you know, instead of defining something as a variable that you can change, you you just put in a number. So for example, let's say you call the radius, you know, let's say you have a predefined value for the radius of a disk of a galaxy for one galaxy that's, you know, maybe 120 parsecs or whatever. And then what if you accidentally type in 120 parsecs as the radius of that code that is to be used for future data sets and those data sets won't necessarily have a radius of 120 parsecs so that's the sort of issue of hard coding you don't want to hard code things and you want to be able to have it generic and general enough that it will take information from the data set and we will use that data sets parameter values to execute the algorithm and so i had this fear that okay maybe i hard coded something that that's you know uh, pertinent to the first galaxy I ran it for the second galaxy, and it worked. It was, you know, it worked just fine. 
And I was just so happy. It was just sort of, oh my gosh, just a feeling of relief, just a feeling of, I actually did something right. You get that feeling a lot in grad school where you do so many things wrong. Like when the paper comes out and, you know, the nice the nice images, the nice plots and the nice data sets, uh, you know, uh, equations and nice results are there. That does not represent the amount of like wrongness that had to happen for that stuff to get there. Like the amount of stuff you get wrong in the process that leads up to it is I'd say so much more than what shows up on the paper. It's like, it's kind of like if you build a car and you know, when you go to like a car store, <laughs> a car store, like a car auto mall and you take a car for a test drive and it's all nice and stuff. But like, imagine the designers of that car right when they're building it and when they're prototyping it and they have to scrap designs and they have to like oh no we have to you know put this part in or we got to take this part out or you know we got to put something else in that process you have probably no idea i'm gonna say most people have no idea unless of course you're like a car aficionado and you you know know everything about cars but if you're someone like me who doesn't really know that much about cars and doesn't know about the production of cars i would guarantee that the amount of work that goes into getting a car on the, you know, production line and sale line of a company is immense. And I can't even begin to imagine, you know, how many, you know, safety tests and other tests that have to be done on a car before I'm actually in it. And for me now, the final product is like, it's amazing, you know, it's, it's a great car or whatever. But the work, the people who had, you know, the work the people who built the car had to do to get there is probably just so much... I wouldn't have to have no idea just looking at the car. And that's the thing about papers. You have no idea how much struggle and turmoil and, you know, hardship a researcher has gone through to get that paper out. Because I'm telling you right now, I mean, the paper's not even being written right now, so I can only say that. But um, I can say that just the amount of research that has had to get done the past few months has been a lot and uh, I think it'll all be worth it once the paper's out so uh, I just wanted to say you know thank you guys for tuning in again I know this was a little bit shorter than usual but I think I just rambled for a little bit and you guys were grateful enough to listen so I appreciate it and uh, I will hopefully be making more podcast episodes in the near future because I'll have more time and uh, I have new gear I'm excited to use my new gear so uh, just Thank you guys for listening, and I will, you know, update you guys in the future, hopefully before I go off to the conference, but if not, I'll tell you guys all about it, and uh, yeah, hope you all have a good day, and I will see you guys later. Bye, guys.